You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNB Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Today on the show, we have Melissa Moeller, General Manager of Curia on the Drag. Welcome. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> and with her, we have Sabrina Carr, girl boss extraordinaire of La Chua Vintage. She 100% asked me to say that. <laughs> girl boss extraordinaire. I love it. I love it. I always send out a little email saying, hey, how do you guys want me to introduce you on the show? Now, I'll be honest, the paragraphs are getting kind of long. And I'm like, I'm very, very, I try to keep it brief and short. So I love Girl Boss Extraordinaire. But what I'm gonna ask you guys to do really quick, but I'm gonna, I, want, I'm gonna, I want you to tell your stories, but before we really get into that, I just want you to give us the 60 second version of what you do. So Melissa, why don't we start with you? Okay, well, general manager of Curie, what does that mean? Uh, it means things like getting asked the day before to come into a podcast and sit down and talk about <laughs> all the amazing things that are about to happen. I am like essentially the ultimate coordinator for the entire property of Curia, which most people don't know is much more than just the coffee shop. There's on the drag, there's off the drag, there's about to be a few more exciting things coming in. And so that is essentially what I'm doing is running around the property either. So for people who might not even know what Curia on the Drag is, why don't you just give them the brief description of what it is? Yeah, so Curia on the Drag is actually a complex that's south of Wards on 6th Street, and it's got about five buildings on it. Um, The main kind of draw to Curia is our coffee shop, Curia on the Drag. Um, And it's at one point was also like an artist residence and other things, so it's evolved over time. Um, another main draw was Korea Off the Drag, which was our vegan restaurant in the back. And that's, that's pretty much what we're known for. Cool, I'll, I'll tell you that my general manager and I, right now we have a meeting at Curia every Friday at 9 a.m. It's, it's our little leadership time, it's when he and I get together, because I've been spending a lot of time outside of New Scooters for Less, outside of the dealership right now, uh, working on a new company, and so that's our like collaborative like get together. And, talk about things time so I absolutely love it over there love the atmosphere and um, I don't know I don't even know if you know this but <laughs> so New Scooters for Less has a vlog and it's called NS4L TV and Curio was actually in episode number two and the, the title of the episode is called Raptor Selfie because <laughs> uh, there's this like raptor over there on the property that you can't help but go over there and take your picture. Have you taken your picture with the ra- with the raptor? Yeah. So the the raptor was actually featured on Best of Gainesville. This the first picture ever. Really, my, the first my picture do- ever. My dog an and the raptor. It's the first picture. <laughs> yeah, ever. first picture ever. All right. I'm trying to well, find that's cool. it. Right Are now. you? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I want to see be, this picture. That would be an amazing. I would love. I also do all of our social media at Curia, and something I would love is if like everyone in Gainesville could send me their selfie with the raptor, <laughs> and I would post it like post it. a day. You know, every day another selfie would be up. It would be. I'll definitely find. I mean, ours was a video, but I had okay, I had to have a picture of it somewhere. You can spread the word. Yeah. It was awesome. So, um, Sabrina, so how about you? Like, give us the 60-second version of what Lachua Vintage is. Um, well, it's a vintage clothing shop uh, run and owned by me. Um, we've been 
um, in business for a year now, and uh, we are located on the property with Curia, and uh, we've evolved um, to, we have a social media presence, um, we sell clothing, and we also run an evening market, which is basically a pop-up market to support other local vendors. Um, and we're about to move over um, and have some new changes coming up, so. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you just got a note passed in the building that Ty needs to move his car. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, are you going to move for him? Yeah. Do you mind if she moves it for you? Well, yeah, it's so just a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is what I love about the podcast. So, everybody who's listening, um, there's a scooter shop here, obviously, if you know anything about this place yet. And, um, this is fantastic. I'm so glad this is happening right now. <laughs> And we're, of course, we have a scooter. Too. We have a scooter shipment that decided to arrive on the same morning of of the recording, and uh, you know that's that's entrepreneurship at its finest. Yeah. that's all I got to say. So, um, Ty, now that we've got yes, the car stuff going, on, <laughs> what's happening in your world, man? Best of Gainesville. Gosh, I, I have to say, I don't know. You know, we talked about football and stuff. Yeah, not too long ago. It's definitely looking a little bit better. Yeah. Feeling feeling a little confident. It's like we're going to get a, a real October. Now we're in October. Yeah, right. You know, we're winning. Got some home games coming up. Um, you know, there's been already like four or five Oktoberfests in town. There's a few more coming up this week. I think when people think of Gainesville at its greatest, they, they think of October, November when football is going well and it's getting a little cooler and there's tons of events that compete against each other, but it's, uh, you know, there's so much to do in town coming up and uh, it's an exciting time. We got some some cool stuff going on at Best of Gainesville and uh, it's just, there's a lot of energy in the town, which is which is fun. Are there any events that you can tell us about, like, when's this, when's this gonna air? Probably going into November, right? Yeah. So anything you know going on in November yet? I'd have to, I'll have more stuff for us, for us next week. Okay. I know this week there's some cool stuff going on, but. Uh, what, like literally this week? Yeah, Hale, Hale's Oktoberfest, I think their 19th annual um, over in the Hale Village is going on. So there's like 15 food trucks, all sorts of cool stuff. We're gonna try, we should try to look at the calendars Yeah. before we know that these are gonna air. Definitely. <laughs> because again, everybody's recorded, who's listening probably knows that we record yeah. these a couple weeks out because we're trying to make a really, really cool production. We're gonna get some awesome B-roll and video uh, of the businesses and that kind of thing. So so there's a lot that goes into it. It's not like record and then put it out the next day. Um, but we're gonna start looking at the calendar and try to like really have some awesome info for everybody who's listening. Yeah, especially be, now that we're cool. on about a two week instead yeah. of a six week. Yeah, <laughs> makes it it's a little bit easier now yeah. that we're not trying to like cram all these episodes in going into yeah, uh, sure. back to school time. Yeah, but we act, but New Scooters Plus just hit a record with September. I mean, we we hit over a hundred units in the month of September, which is the most we've. And I don't even know what the exact was. I just got the the text or the message like, "Hey, we hit over a hundred units." So it was a crazy September. That's awesome. Um, yeah, which is which is fantastic. And and man, I'm just I'm just pumped for quarter four. I'm just excited to see. Do you guys get excited about quarter four? <laughs> you like um, be, being in the food and beverage industry? I think that. It's very exciting, but we also know that it's about to be the most insane time of the year for yeah. us. Where, it, and, and it's not like a, 
order ahead of time or prepare ahead of time. It's like just more people in the in the shop every single day, and yeah. so it's. Is it just because of holidays and stuff? Like a lot of people are just in and out? Yeah, and you know what is so interesting, right, is summertime, as we know, for a lot of Gainesville entrepreneurs, or is a very quiet time because the students leave. And so we try to get creative. But over the holidays, students stay or totally collaborate. And it just becomes like this kind of mad rush for, I mean, it's, you know, it's gift cards. It's what new recipes can we bring to the table. It's whatever it is, but it brings in. A, a ton of great business. It's just a little, a little frantic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And Sabrina, what about you? I mean, do you guys like are you expecting like a pickup with with the holidays? They're showing the raptor selfie here. Oh, the raptor. <laughs> or the raptor, not with raptor the selfie, dog. but first first best of Gainesville post was the raptor at Curia. You should yeah. share that. Sure. I'll repost it. Yeah. Anytime. Can, make sure we get that, and you can show it on the video for everybody yeah. who's like send us a screenshot He's of that whole thing or something. Fan. He's there all the time. Yeah, that, that's cool. But for the, for the holidays and stuff coming in, like, are you like, are you, it's not, is it student based? Like, how would you describe it? Well, um, you know, since we're still like, we just went into our first year. Um, you know, one of the things is, is creating foot traffic and getting people to know what our business was. So, and and what I sell is not necessarily gift friendly. I'm selling. Uh, vintage clothing so you know it's it's hard to buy a vintage piece for someone else unless you have a really good eye and so um, we'll see as this holiday season comes like last year that wasn't really my busy time my busy time was more going into the spring but um, as we're like broadening our customer base and we're getting better known I feel like it might pick up a little bit so you know just staying optimistic about it and seeing where it goes you know cool yeah Awesome. Well, hey, the one thing that we really like to do to start the show uh, is I like to like go back in time, <laughs> right? So, because I know Melissa, you say you, like you were a lawyer at one point, even, right. right? I mean, I like to hear how things kind of unfolded to lead you to you know starting a vintage clothing store mm-hmm. and and why and and then how you became the manager over at Curia, like just just kind of the the origin story, if you will. Um, if you'll take us in time a little bit and, and give us that story. So, Sabrina, why don't we start with you? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in Gainesville. I am an ACR. Um, I went to college here, got my history degree at UF. Um, I graduated. I moved to Asheville, North Carolina. I lived there for seven years. As I was there, I um, was working at a vintage clothing shop, and so that's where I got my first experience um, working in this business. Um, At the same time, I was going to accounting school. I'm also a background in accounting, and that's how I moved back to uh, Gainesville, was I got a job at UF working as an accountant. Um, I, I, you know, it wasn't really necessarily the right field for me. Uh, I think I needed something a little more creative, and but still using all of those skills that I learned, you know, and that's really like, Having a vintage clothing store is really me taking my history degree and my accounting degree and putting it together. Um, so yeah, and so I stopped working at UF in February 2017 and I started doing uh, pop-ups, which is basically bringing my clothes, setting up for the day, and then um, you know going home, which was great. And it was like getting my name out there. And then in June of 2017, I got asked to move into the space at Curia, and and here we are now. Cool, I mean, did you already have, like, 
did you have a passion for for clothing? Like, what led to this specifically? Um, well, I mean, I've always been interested in clothing since I was young, um, and vintage clothing too. As a teenager, you know, like I didn't. My parents didn't give me a bunch of money to go spend at the mall. It was kind of like, <laughs> you know, like kind of got to make do with what you got. And right. so I would go thrifting, and I always appreciated vintage. Um, so yeah, I was kind of melding both of those, and that's kind of if you go to my store, it's not just like in the sense like this, um, you know, typical vintage store, just like cluttered full of just like really amazing stuff, but just like really cluttered, really collected. It's very curated and it's like the, um, you know, the direction is more about fashion and self-expression versus just the period pieces of these clothing. So it's a little different in that aspect. So I think, you know, it, it, it does bring my, my love for clothing and fashion, but like, bringing these old pieces together and you know just having both things come together has the uh, the accounting degree helped a lot <laughs> um yeah like, i mean like knowing like the language your... of business is like is essential you know yeah i mean it's, are you doing your own bookkeeping and stuff yeah or? i do i don't want to do my own bookkeeping but i do my own bookkeeping um you know it, it like knowing the language for going into business is super important um, so yeah, I don't, as, as I don't know if I necessarily needed to know all the nitty gritty about accounting to have a business, right. but I don't regret going and getting that degree. Like I, I am glad that I have a business degree and a liberal arts degree. Cool. Yeah. Melissa, how about you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, okay, so I actually went to college in uh, at Stetson University, which is over in Deland, Florida, for all you Floridians. Um, I was not familiar with Deland, Florida, um, but I played volleyball there, and so I went there uh, to pursue my scholarship and go to college for free. Um, studied journalism and law and um, a couple different languages, some neat, neat things to kind of just like see where my interests were and went to law school in Chicago. And so I, I, I sometimes will say I was a lawyer, but I actually am a lawyer. It's not, it doesn't go away unless <laughs> right, you do right. something really bad. Um, so I'm still a lawyer, but I don't practice. I, I have an inactive license, so don't ask me to do anything legal for you, I won't. Um, but it was a, it's a kind of similar story, actually, to Sabrina, where I practiced for a half a decade. Um, I, had, I worked for a great law firm that, that was incredible for a new attorney starting out and learning, but it was definitely a system that was frustrating and a little cold and challenging as a woman, to be completely honest. And so um, I had a young child at the time. I had my son in law school, so it was just constantly this work-life balance mm. um, that I knew I could, for being a type A person, also try to incorporate more creativity in my life. And I knew I didn't have to always wear a suit or heels to, to really be effective in business. Um, and so I, I kind of quit uh, at a very um, kind of fast transition in my life and said, that's okay, I'm not gonna do it anymore. So I retired at 30 and uh, went and farmed for a couple years um, to kind of get out in the, in the dirt. And then um, kn knew, that, knew that I had really exciting big ideas that I wanted to help. Uh, you know, evolve with a business. And Curia is someplace that I've always gone and I just admire because it's always been 
willing to be innovative and a little risky, particularly when it comes to business. Um, and it's an entire property. It's it, there's just so much potential in one space. That's like, you know, Gainesville needs as many things like that as we can. And I feel like we're very open to it as um, a customer base. And so. Uh, I, I knew Nick a little bit from the time, the owner of Curia, and uh, we had a lot of kind of long, slow discussions about what, what would work. Um, and eventually I jumped on board in May, and we've like just gone full big picture since then, and it's been amazing. Um, so I sent out like just a couple of questions just ahead of time, just to kind of Get a get a feel for for our guests because a lot of the guests like I've never met before I haven't met you guys before, um, and and in here you know you said that you were hired hired in, you know in May and then I I was studying when you said at the time the owner Nick Moskowitz and I'm like I'm looking at this and I'm like there can't be that many Nicks and <laughs> Nick Mo Moskowitz is in, in Gainesville right so I'm like like. So if, if it's the same one, I'm a hundred, you know, I, I sold the Nick Moskowitz a scooter, like me personally, mm -hmm. um, years ago. So it's gotta be the same person. <laughs> so, sure. so tell him I said hi and thanks for buying a scooter from us a I long will. time, <laughs> a sure long time will. ago. Um, when, so when you made that transition from like a lawyer to farming, you said, right? Right. I mean, how, like, how quick was that? Like, uh, matter of days, weeks, a months? A couple months. I had a house still that I had in Gainesville in town. Um, so I, I sold my house. I sold about 95% of my belongings and uh, picked my son up and moved out to a good friend of mine's farm out in Alachua and, and uh, farmed. Did, uh, did you already know Nick? Like what got you to Curia? I, I didn't know Nick at the time, um, but we have some friends in common. And so I had, I had been around him socially and um, He's actually also the owner of Threadpit, which is an incredible enterprise that yep. started here in Gainesville. Um, and is still doing incredibly well. Um, and and Curia kind of was his, like, his heartstrings were tugged. He loves Gainesville, and Threadpit had done really well, and he was interested in starting something that was a little more personally connected for him in Gainesville that supported our community. Um, and so through being at Curia often, um, I met him that way, and we, just kind of met equal equal kind of at equal levels intellectually and conceptually and started talking and we had a good friend too that was like you guys should really work together i mean this is going to be good and we we're like all right we could try that one <laughs> yeah what's um so now that you've like left lawyer life and and you're doing this what's been the biggest like eye-opening moment for you hmm um, well, I think that h how much translates over is really remarkable for me. Really? Um, does a lot of it? It really does because when I was practicing law, I was, first of all, I was a trial attorney. So there was a lot of like direct interaction and dealing with conflict in creative ways. Um, and there was a lot of people management. I had a, a caseload of 50 or more clients at a time. And so I was constantly advising people in their lives on how to you know, move forward after something had happened. And similarly here, I'm, I'm juggling so many people and so many things that I'm constantly, really my main job is helping people and myself evolve within the business, which in Gainesville is like the number one, I think, really priority or should be, you know, in a lot of 
successful small businesses here have recognized that. Yeah. What's uh, been your biggest challenge since? You know, managing people. Managing people. <laughs> yeah, same so thing. So kind of going to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's not because people are difficult. It's just that people are complex and they're, we were just talking about this on the drive over, Sprint and I, where, you know, these are service oriented people and often they're misinterpreted, you know, mm. and, and we, I have working for me, people who are artists, they're professors, they're just, they're entrepreneurs in their own way, they're musicians, they're incredible people. And they're balancing often one or more jobs and, and other parts of their lives. And so being open to people like going through their process and also keeping the business first is my biggest challenge, but it's really helped me grow as a human in huge ways. How large is the team? Well, we have a staff of about 11 right now. Um, and that includes baristas, that includes our bakers, our, our grab and go chefs and back in the kitchen. Um, but we're about to collaborate, or we are collaborating, we, we have been, and, and about to start something. Um, this will actually be a good time. November sometime is gonna, this podcast is gonna air. So. Yeah, what, do you know the air date? <laughs> 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 I should like really write this stuff down. I've got it somewhere. It's okay, yeah. we, can go with, we can go with November, but um, well, that's been my like kind of most proud role here as general manager is the opportunity to like, see incredible people entrepreneurial wise and and really women I mean this is the year of the woman again and uh, so Sabrina and a few other businesses um, have basically we've all collaborated and where the restaurant used to be in the back is going to be what's called the off market and it's going to be really this cooperative yeah. Yeah. retail space that's going to be purely local 100% locally based retail so it'll be uh, Sabrina with Lutra Vintage mm -hmm. doing vintage clothing. It will be Samantha Soleil with Zorka Rose Vintage doing vintage decor and home goods. And then it will be Nikki Craigle with Timberline Jewelry and her husband Sam as well. Um, and they'll be doing kind of a jewelry front. Um, and then the three of you will be running the off market and also um, getting sub vendors in to rotate in and out to allow very small kind of micro makers of Gainesville to see what they can do in a retail space. Oh, that's really, really cool. cool. One of the yeah. challenges, you know, is um, when you're first starting out is to have just the availability to put your stuff out there. You know, that's why it's like pop-ups are so great because most people can't afford to get into a retail space. It's yeah. prohibitively expensive and um, for most people. And so, you know, having, giving people an opportunity to be able to put their goods out there, put their, their um, art, put their, the things that they're passionate about, and then giving Gainesville an opportunity or, you know, to be able to buy this locally made stuff is so important. You know, people don't want to necessarily go online to buy everything. You know, having that face-to-face -face interaction and touching and feeling it and supporting local business is really important. Do you have a team, Sabrina? I do have a team, uh, a very small team, but we are a team. Um, I have, um, I've actually, that was one of the challenges, um, you know, starting my own business is um, navigating people, right? And I think that's like one of, like that probably is the biggest challenge is, so um, I've gone through different, and I'm very much like friend boss, and so I've had to learn how to not be so much friend boss and be like actual boss. And so um, right now I have a really good team. I have um, um, 
one one of my uh, people is her name's Ashley. Shout out to Ashley. <laughs> She's also interning for me, and she really helps with the social media and. Um, just helping every day and then I have my other person Justin so we are a team of three and um, yeah it's it's good to have a little bit of support you know I, I'm a mom as well I have two children so it's very hard to balance all of that so I can't be at the shop all the time so you know it's good to have people that I can rely on to like be there and take care of stuff for me so I don't I can like step back and have a little bit of a personal life I'd love to kind of jump down this avenue real quick about you know, where you said like friend boss. <laughs> this is this is something that is super, super tough in entrepreneurship. Yeah, for sure. um, I 100% struggle with it. I'm, I, I very much, if there's something that I struggle with, it's holding other people accountable because I don't mm -hmm. like to be confrontational. Yeah. I like to be like, hey, why don't you show up and like do your job and do it well yeah. and Everything will be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk to you again. Why Bert. do I have to get on to you about being on? Or like, why do I even have to like say like, oh, like you, you should come to your job. Like you, you should come do that. Like, you know, it's like it should be, you know. Exactly. So, so I'm super, so I'm super interested in this. I mean, like, are, like, are you friends with your team members? And does that like go outside outside of work like do you hang out outside of work is it you know like yeah or, or I mean, is it very much like yeah we're like they're my friends but it's at work and I still like say you know I still hold them accountable and yeah yeah it's definitely like I'm I'm leaning more towards that than I was at first it was like oh you work for me and we hang out and like is this you know but it's that's not always it's good to have a little bit of separation like I want to be there for them and if they need anything I'm there and I'm, I am their friend. I care about their lives, but just having a little bit of separation where it's like when we're here, we're like, we're doing business, you know? We're not, we're not talking about other things or like we're here to focus on what we're doing. So, um, and then just having that separation because I don't want to, I don't want to see these people like all the time and they don't want to <laughs> see me all the time either, I would suppose, you know? So yeah, just having that balance. Yeah. Melissa, what about you? How do you feel about it? Uh, well, I would say that my, my direct staff that I supervise are, I love them all dearly and I admire them and I have a, a ton of fun with them at work. Um, I pretty much never see them outside of work. And I think that's really just a, a lifestyle gap. Um, they're like young budding artists, most of them, and just remarkable people that have like a social life. And I <laughs> usually like either with my son or, you know, running around, um, managing everyone um, but I will say that with with our new collaboration in the off market these three women are dear friends to me and I've known them all for a very long time and bought their things and hung out with them at the beach and you know like I, it, the spectrum is wide with them but we're all collaborating intentionally together and so there's an incredible amount of professionalism that we carry when we are together working on business. Um, and then we can kind of ease out of that into a social atmosphere if we want to, but yeah, we really But we're are. all kind of more equals, you know? We're coming into it very like purely, like we're collaborating True. and just propping each other up. So it's not like, I mean, there's things that you have to manage with us and there's things that we put out there for you guys, right. but like it's definitely more of um, an equal footing versus 
you know, like somebody who's your employee and you write them a paycheck and, you know. Right, it's a very right. That's a little dynamic. different, yes. right? It's like, all right, I'm paying you. Like, right. just please do your job. Right. <laughs> and, and honestly, when we were when we knew that we were closing the restaurant for the summer and reinventing the concept, which we'll get to, I'm sure, but um, we, I knew that we needed to do something with the space that was highly interactive because the whole point of this beautiful property is that we want people kind of roaming and enjoying the space indoor and outdoor. Um, and these were the first three women I thought of because I really I admire them in a professional level. And so that sets a whole different tone too because I think mm -hmm. all three of you are remarkable entrepreneurs and have brought incredible like the aesthetic that they bring to the table is so important for us or for any storefront or retail space you know and they all three just like nailed it in every way you know yeah yeah it's i don't know that's a topic that i'm interested in is that that you know cool boss versus <laughs> being the real boss because I, I feel like I'm very much a cool boss. I, I'm very laid back, but, I, but at the same time, like I'm super driven mm -hmm. and I have a lot of goals that I want to accomplish and you're not going to get away with things, you know, especially maybe once, but like over and over and over again, like you're, mm -hmm. you know, if it goes against our values as an organization, you're right. like, you're out. Well, like, yeah, if you're, you're messing out. with your money, like, you know, I can't, you know, like, People, you, you put so much into your employees, and I don't think a lot of people realize that's how much employees actually cost, you know, not just with taxes, but time spent, training, and they're the face of your company. So if they aren't doing what they need to do, you know, it's, it, it and that took me a while to like think of it in that way, you know, and it's like, well, I'm, I'm putting value into you, what are you giving back, you know, and it's like, there's more responsibility as, um, the boss, you know, you, you have, you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of, you know? So it's like, you want to make sure that like the people that you are doing that for are also giving back in a way, you know? So, um, that's definitely a challenge, but you still want to be like the cool boss. You don't want to be like the boss that they go and they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I hate her so much. She's just so <laughs> evil. You know, you don't want to be that either, but there has to be a line where it's like, okay, I can be really direct and assertive with you and tell you why this is not working or, or you know, like what you can do to improve, but. Yeah, I think that that's just the part that I have the hardest time with is, is like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to bring you into the office and sit down with you right. and have that one-to-one -one conversation of you can't do this and here's why. I mean, I feel like a lot of times they, they know the rules, they know, they know the values, they should act upon them. <laughs> And I just, I really hate those uncomfortable moments. Mm -hmm. And like, and, it, and it's crazy because, you know, I think a lot of times entrepreneurship in general gets this, this uh, perception of like, oh my God, like must, must, must be nice to be the boss, must, you know, be, mm -hmm. be, ha having the authority like to, to actually fire somebody and like oh, let's, let somebody go. And I'm like, I'm like, man, the worst part of what I do, the worst, the single worst part is that moment when I have to fire somebody. Yes. Like, I, like, and I tell my team, I was like, please do not ever, ever put me in a situation where I have to do that. Yeah. Like, cause it's the, for me, it's the most uncomfortable thing that I have ever done. Um, and, and so like, I, I think sometimes, you know, entrepreneurship just has that, 
that perception of, oh, it must be nice, must be nice to be the boss, <laughs> when it's really not Yeah, that or great. like, oh, you can do what you want, you know? You're an entrepreneur, you can set your hours, like, nobody's there to tell you what to do, and it's like, that's a really lonely position sometimes, <laughs> though, because yeah. there's nobody out there to, like, pay you, you know, if, if like, there is, like, all on you. I had a, a friend comment on, or say something on Facebook one time that was, you know, it was just a post, and she goes, she goes, oh, it must be nice to be the boss and leave at, at three o'clock on Friday morning. I commented, <laughs> I was like, I bet you didn't know he was there at four this morning. Yeah, exactly. Perception. Or you just get to time leave it. spent even at home. Like, yeah. I'm constantly communicating yeah. at home. I'm constantly like, like you know, our cure is open from 7 a.m. until midnight. So I get calls every moment of the day. And you know, it's, it's usually nothing huge, but it's even a few minutes in knowing that you, I have to be available, that yeah. alone takes its own toll. That's why I yeah. turned off my social media and like my internet when I get home. I I, I refuse to be yeah. on it anymore um, because well, it was like I felt like I was pretty much just always available. And I'm like, I have to have moments when I can cut it off, you know, just for my own sanity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a new thing that I did was just turn off my internet when I got That's home and just didn't, didn't um, you know, uh, wasn't a part of it and so then when I'm in the shop that's when I'm all right now I'm going to go back on my social media or answer emails or like do these things but how recently did you start doing that um I started doing it like in July and I don't think it's going to work out long term especially with all that's <laughs> been going on like I definitely have to get stuff done at night but I think as far as just doing it for a little bit it was actually really good is to just turn that off for a little bit and um just be able to focus on like my kids when I'm at home yeah. and you know do those things. So, um, but yeah, I, again, I don't think that's going to be a long term thing that I do. <laughs> but, but, it, but it is a very important concept: the concept of boundaries, right? Yes. Like, yes. And and that is, I think, a huge entre entrepreneurial experience is is that with interacting with people, like mm -hmm. being able to leave work and let people know that you are a human with other personal values, and you have to, you know. You, you have to set them, whatever they are, or however they evolve. Yeah, it's important. It's yeah, hugely important. Um, Ty, do you can you cut your social media time off, or is it, <laughs> or, or is notification comes through, boom, you're right on it. Yeah, you know, I try, I try to do it, but I'm I'm not very good at it. Um, <laughs> do you, you even know, set any boundaries for yourself via social media? Not really. Um, <laughs> you know, I I think about trying to set boundaries. It just never works out. Um, you know, but in the same light as kind of the curious stuff when I was in Vegas managing a ton of people, you know, a 24-7, 365 type of job, I was able to cut stuff like that out. I would turn off my phone and yeah. email because it was the only way I could get away. Right. Um, but that was more from a, from a managerial point, uh, standpoint, running a business, not social media. Well, now with what I'm doing, it's a little different. Were those things serving as like distractions to actually managing team members? Is that what you mean? Or Just more, I was always the problem solver for any issue on any side of the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the only off days I ever truly had is if I left the city and I went somewhere else, <laughs> people would be like, oh, he might not respond today you know otherwise it just fire it up so I had to learn to set some boundaries and you know delegate tasks when I'm not there it's like a you know a b c and d you can solve by yourself if it gets to this level then you know call me or whatever but uh 
it's a battle trying to figure that out on the fly, especially managing different people, hiring different people, personalities. I can imagine it carry with everyone's an entrepreneur. You know, it's just yeah. everyone's different. You got to learn what makes people tick and how to manage each and every person. Um, kind of makes me it's think difficult. of the conversation we had with Ed Buckley from PeerFit. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I think Maria was saying something about, you know, how they, you know, they say don't don't come to me with a problem. Come with come to me with the yeah, solution. Yeah, the solution. Yeah. It's, so it's like trying to create that mindset of you know you don't you don't go you don't go running to daddy or mommy. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you have the problem, like just just. Well, and I think it's about establishing it. the vibe and culture of your business, and then empowering those people to problem solve and trusting. Mm-hmm. Right. That's will take thing. a lot off your shoulders at the end of the day if you're willing to give up a little control. Right. Um, Allowing your employees to have the ability to make decisions so you're not micromanaging everything that they're doing. That's a huge thing. But that's a valuable employee, too, you know? Exactly. Those are hard to find. Yes, they are. Good employees are hard to find. Well, (laughs) and the thing that I've I've learned through that is that so many people, you know, you hear managers and leaders be like, oh, I really want to, I really want to empower my team, like, you know, but but then but then they do micromanage or or mm. you know they do say hey no, like you go and make the decision but when they make the decision that's not oh. what the owner would have right. made or mm-hmm. the manager would have made it's like it's like <laughs> you have to let them mess up exactly. I mean you have to let them like if you're gonna empower them to make the decision and they don't make the decision that you would have made then like you have to be okay with that yeah and that's where I see a lot of business leaders like struggling in my personal opinion. Um, So that's, yeah, that's a super interesting topic. I could probably like talk about that all day. Yeah. And, but I want to, I kind of want to similarly, similarly (laughs) jump down uh, another path real quick because I mean, you guys, you guys work with a lot of creative people. Okay, now this that's is what we I, do. <laughs> that's what we right. Do. That's what you do for like you. You like lead creatives, and this is something that I'm fascinated by because, and let me tell you why. Um, I a few years ago I brought in a uh, a web developer to really help us with some software build out some some things that we were doing here inside the dealership, and the guy. I mean, the guy was brilliant super smart and uh, I just, he and I constantly would have um, conflict with each other and and of course I go back and I look at it like, this, it's all my fault, <laughs> it's all my fault, right? Because I mean, I, I really was looking at this, this individual and I was trying to like bring him into a, a culture that was super loud, like new scooters for less. <laughs> I mean, we've got like, loud colors everywhere during the mu- during the day there's a, a lot of you know loud music and I, I like ve- I mean very creative in its own right you know super just very eccentric uh, a little a little crazy at times um, and it's and, and a ton of fun and it was it was really hard for this individual to kind of like mesh into that. You know what I mean? From yeah. he was not creative enough, or no, like no, no. Like it was, like, it was just, like, it was, was just, just, it was just completely like he he was at his best when he was isolated and mm. earphones <laughs> on, like 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 intensely focused. Yeah, you know, kind of I, I would say like in you know in his hole a little bit, just like mm-hmm. just yeah. doing his thing, and 
I made the mistake of really trying to like bring him into like our crazy environment and and that's what led to conflict and and ultimately like we still we still do some work together which is awesome but it's completely separate like you know he he's in his environment and yeah. and we work way better now like together like <laughs> we're 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 better we're better friends we're better like cool boss <laughs> people yeah. than, than, we, than we were when he was in this environment, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just, there's that challenge of working with creators. So I'm constantly, and now with this new media company, I'm, I'm working with them all the time. So I'm just like kind of intrigued by, um, I don't know, just like a story or two or, or like any advice that you could give to other entrepreneurs um, who, you know, work in, in that kind of environment, in a very creative environment. I think you have to be really flexible because the thing is, is like people who are artists and musicians normally have alternative lifestyles. So, you know, you have to be kind of going with the flow of, um, you know, these are people coming in at eight o'clock in suits, you know, they have, they have a lot going on, um, but that can bring that can be an asset too. You know, depending on what you're trying to create and try to do. So don't box people in. You know, don't say, okay, well, this is how most employees are. If you're trying to work with the creative type, you kind of have to be a little more flexible. You know, because you're getting that that the creativity is what makes them different. You know, and it's like they're they're creating value through that. So, but there's it's a give and take you know um and i think sometimes with creative people you know they get very passionate about what they do um which is again a good thing but um it's just a different it's just different than if like again like working as an accountant you know that was a different mindset and not everybody is like good at working in those kind of environments so giving people the opportunity to, and some people don't have even like reached their creative like vision yet. So like giving people the, the flexibility to be able to grow as well is really important if you wanna have those kind of employees. Cause I feel like that would be the most frustrating like thing as a creative type is um, to not be able to um, continue with a vision. Yeah. You know, that would be super frustrating mm -hmm. if you have this vision and, it's not allowed or it's just stifled so you know being flexible and being open to just different types if like that's the kind of person you're wanting to work with it's cool I don't know if if I've said this before but like one at least where I'm at right now as a leader I feel super super honored to be working with these individuals I mean right. they're just so brilliant and and the the way I've been describing it, especially with a, a marketing agency has been has been you know, like imagine imagine being an artist and creating a beautiful painting and then putting it on the wall and then nobody ever getting to see it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and I get the distinct privilege and honor to, you know, take these like and it's a lot of video right now, like these works of art and use social media, use these things that I've just built, you know, or have these platforms that I've used to build or my organization here at New Scooters for Less. Um, and and now like with this this new agency, like I just, I just get I have the honor of like exposing the world to their art, right. and I feel like I mean it's just such a privilege in, to do that, um, and I don't know it's they're 
they're all brilliant. They all do like such amazing work and it's just, it's, it's super, super cool. I think one caveat though with the creative type is sometimes creative types can be super flaky. So <laughs> like super, super flaky. So it's important too when you find somebody that you work with, it's that you continue to support them and like, you know, people who are consistent and creative, that's, that's even like, that's the ones you should, you know, continue to support and promote because, um, yeah, it's definitely, I've definitely tried to like collaborate with many different kind of people, you know, cause we do our social media and we take photographs and we have models and we're styling these photo shoots. And it is so hard to schedule stuff, you know, because people, yes, I can do that. And then people last minute, so many times it's just flaking out on stuff. So, or, or maybe we'll take pictures and never send the pictures back or like mm -hmm. never give me my clothes back. So it's just, when you find consistent people and who are doing like who have this like amazing vision um those are the people that's like all right i'm gonna keep those in my pocket i've got your name in my book we're definitely gonna collaborate again and i'm gonna promote what you're doing because you're doing such a good job how do you get around that um i don't know i just go with the flow honestly i feel like with a lot of things it's like you can't get too like caught up when plans go you know you just like if you have like you have high expectations, but you don't get bothered by when they're not, like you don't get too upset when, you know, it's not something on me, it's just sometimes plans fall through. And just continue to uh, just, you know, making plans, continuing to do it, um, regardless of whether it works out this time or not, you know, because eventually it will, eventually we will be able to make the photo shoot happen or, um, you know, make the market happen, having the vendors come in and stuff. It's just, and it's just really communicating too. It's just, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's yeah. just communicating with people. Yeah. And um, so like not getting bothered by things, like overly bothered if it doesn't, and being flexible too. All right, so if like a vendor decides not to show up, am I gonna, I'm not gonna get upset about that. I'm gonna like, come up with a creative solution on the fly and make it happen, you know, just make I, it happen. I think a big part too that a lot of people who start businesses or run businesses don't want to do because they are in this authoritative position to some degree is make requests of their employees and the people they work with as well. Like letting them know what they need is a big deal. Yeah. And if you can do it in a very clear and calm like manner in the at the outset, People are want to support one another. We're naturally very communal. You know, that's just the way humans are. And so a big part of the success I've had with working with people who consider themselves artists and creatives in many ways is just saying, okay, here's the role that I'm gonna be taking at the business and here's the role that you're gonna be taking at the business and here's the things I need and is and here and I wanna know the things that you need and if we can both support each other in that way. I'll let you be as free and creative as you want. You'll have all the license you want. And I think that like, for example, our coffee shop is so efficiently run. And it's because they're emotionally invested because they feel supported creatively, both in the coffee shop, because I will tell you, breasting is an art. <laughs> and I did not know that going into this in the same way that I do now. Um, but also in their social lives, you know, when they're out and they're playing music till two in the morning and then they're coming and they've played their show and now they have to open at 6.30 in the morning, mm -hmm. they still feel super supported. And I do as well. And I think that's a huge part of the harmony with working with creative people, from my experience. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a lot of flexibility, definitely setting 
some expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I I started doing, and I don't know if this is necessarily right. I'm still like I'm figuring out a lot of this. Um, <laughs> Me too. Was that I uh, instead instead of saying I need this by this date, I started asking the question, "When are you going to have that for me?" Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives them the flexibility, but it's still, they're, they're setting their own deadline. For sure. And, and I found that to work, I mean, at least for our type of you know, business where it's like, when, you know, when can I expect to have that video? When can I expect to have this project done? When, you know, the, that type of thing. And then having them set their own deadline has been, has been working really, really well right yeah. now. Um, so that's yeah. from, from my personal experience, I guess. But um, Ty, what else do you have, my brother? So I wanted to cycle through all the all the stuff going on at Curia because mm, it's yeah. it's a lot, and I yes. I go there a fair amount. Um, I work out of there sometimes as well. So you guys have on the drag, mm-hmm. off the drag, is protocol. It's kind of an art gallery. Yeah, it's kind of in a phase out situation. Okay. We actually have what's what's been in there currently is is a business called Celestial Sound. Okay. And the best way I would describe them is that they do kind of interactive and exploratory music. Um, so they have it's a it's a basically a small music venue. They have okay. a show or two a week, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the evenings um, and uh, a lot of our baristas go over there and perform mm-hmm. and and some really just neat super new conceptual musicians come and play and you can look up their line of events there the lemon room it's l-i-m-i-n and you can see the calendar of shows that are going on um uh you know follow them on their instagram and their facebook but they have a lot of great local bands playing i just passed ty uh a page that you had said something about a food truck or something Right, right. Okay, so so a, a big new exciting thing okay. that yeah, is yeah, just yeah. time selling new stuff. Yeah. So, okay. uh, so we got there a confirmation on the date. We said October twenty second. Oh, is when this perfect. is going to air. So it's going to air right oh, before perfect. November this during all perfect. that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so much going on. Yeah. So so what happened was, as we all we've been talking about basically managing staff and employees, and we had the restaurant off the drag, and unfortunately, it, it was doing well financially. But, but sometimes that doesn't matter when there's tox- a toxic environment. Mm. And it was super challenging because the, the, pe- the people had basically become uninvested in, in what they were doing. And so people love the food. And I mean, I mean the staff, let me clarify. So, so we had customers, we were, were making money, we we're in the green, but it was just such a toxic situation that um, the owner, Nick, said, this is not what I kind of envisioned in this dream that that I had and so um, together when I had first kind of hired on we were we were talking about what to do and and there were a lot of options on the table but we decided we need to close the restaurant for the summer and just kind of regroup um, focus on making the coffee shop as best as it can be focus on other elements of the property like the Chua vintage um, and celestial sound and when we did that, we had a lot of discussions going back to the beginning of like, what did you want? And you know, I had fresh eyes, so I could look at Nick and say, what did you want this to be? Mm. What, what kind of, what were you thinking when you started this restaurant? And he was like, well, really, you know, the entire property is vegan, um, and except for the coffee shop, we offer raw milk or cow's milk to, to people. Um, but 
he was like, the whole point is exposing veganism to Gainesville. And we're not trying to get everyone to convert to veganism. We're we not necessarily anything like that, but just showing that like there is a way to like not eat animal products and still enjoy your meal, you know, and have have a good time. Um, but he was like, we never meant for this to be a restaurant. In fact, it's street food. That's what it's always been. And so I I had said to him, well, you have an entire property of like a park. You basically have a park where people want to be outside. They want to utilize the space. Why, why do you need it in a building? And we are, all of our light bulbs went off and we went, oh my God, this is what it needs to be, is we need to make this building reach its potential by having the off market in it, which is what it evolved to. And put, put a food truck out on the property, get everybody out and around. And yeah. um, so it is gonna be, so yeah, so that's what's, what's coming up. And um, grand opening is uh, homecoming weekend, November, November 2nd. November 2nd, yeah. and the oh, bar is wow. gonna be open in the back, Dad's bar. Yeah, so you can drink and shop and eat and drink and, and shop and eat. And see a show, <laughs> go do some yoga. Yeah, cool. yeah. 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 It, we, yeah, we have a lot of infrastructure we're putting in right now. We're doing a lot of pavement in order to make indoor-outdoor seating. We're opening up the building to the outside, which is gonna be remarkable. We're gonna have the food truck. We're having cabanas built, these mobile cabanas. Um, and there's even been some talk of having a Curia app, which we are kind of in the, in the midst of creating, which would be an interactive experience on the property where you can be in your cabana, you can be in shopping, and if you wanna order food from the food truck or order something from the coffee shop or from the bar and get it run out to you, you can. Very cool. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. But so. we also have the evening markets too. So like, yes. So that's like we kind of haven't really touched on that, but I I feel like that's a very important thing. That and there's one sure. this week. I know it'll air, but there's one this Friday. Yeah, there's right. the one this yeah. Friday, and um, you know we've started from very small, like maybe five or six vendors, mm -hmm. to now we have over twenty. There's a DJ and the it's just the best of Gainesville, really. Is like, this like a like a once a week thing? Or it's a, a once a month. Once a month. We first, do it on the first Friday. First Friday yeah. And it's from 5 to 10. So it's a night market. So, you know, you can you know, sip on a, some glass of wine, walk around the market. And there's, uh, you know, there's people who make jewelry. There's people who make art. There's people who sell vintage clothing and vintage furniture. So you have a pretty wide shopping experience that you're not really going to get. Like going to the mall, you're not going to get this kind of independent um local shopping right. experience like you will get and it's fun you know it's so, so much fun yeah so i really recommend anybody who's listening come out on november 2nd mm -hmm. get some goods you know some really uh interesting items and we're also going to do one in december so you can get some really amazing items that are just like special special gifts or special things for yourself that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else and you're supporting the local community you're supporting local yeah, artists purely local vendors. which is pretty yeah. remarkable i mean we don't really have that in gainesville at this point point. and there's um, so much talent that's the thing there's yeah. so much talent in this so crowd. much talent and yeah. it's just it just needs to showcase so that people know that it exists yeah. and um, that's why I, I really i like the evening park is probably one of the things that i'm like most proud of doing mm -hmm. because it really does bring the community together in a real way I think yeah. you're always going to win when you can build experiences. Like people just love yeah. mm -hmm. to experience things. Yeah. And and that's like I mean that's why we've said it as one of our our number one core values, create and recreate that ultimate customer experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Um so so mad props to you guys. Like I love it. And the one thing that I know for a fact, I mean it's like this with social media and is like 
when you do something and you do it consistently, mm-hmm. that's when you're gonna really start building you know, yes. a following, people constantly, they start to expect it. Mm-hmm. So if they're expecting it the first Friday of every month, like, you know, it's, it's that's when the word of mouth starts happening yeah. because mm-hmm. it's that like, hey, wait. first Friday of every <laughs> yeah. month, first Friday and of every month. And Gainesville's so good at that. Yeah. yeah. We are like, we have this incredible base. Oh, we just, hungry. we people love supporting yeah. our own community, which yeah. is, mm-hmm. I feel like really unique. I'm so grateful for this community for that reason. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. I think like the indie flea markets kind of proved it out yeah. and I've done some stuff with them and they were down at Armature Works now in Tampa and they've got hundreds of vendors. Yeah. yeah. And well, I know- that was one of the things I started doing indie flea. That's how I started. And yeah. it was very like, and I love indie flea people. They are fantastic. But it wasn't controlled great- from Gaines. Exactly. which is what and it needs the vendors, to be. though, too. I was like, I would go, I would be one of the only vendors from Gainesville. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, there, I know there's so many people yeah. here and why aren't they a part of this, yeah. you know? And it's just like, I think sometimes Gainesville has this very like rough exterior too, where we're a little <laughs> like, you know, like we're too punk for that, you know, like, uh, you know? And so it's like, people are a little skeptical sometimes, you know, so it's like, letting people, you know, just kind of giving them the opportunity and, you know, it's like, it's safe, guys, you know, <laughs> like. You've yeah. definitely been the visionary for these evening markets. Like, we as Curia wanted to jump on because the property lends itself to that so perfectly. And we love being accommodating in terms of food and all that, but it was your vision to keep everything Gainesville yeah. and bring people in. And it's because you have such an incredible kind of business social network that yeah. you've built pretty much from scratch, from ground yeah. up, which is remarkable. Um, and, and that's what's exciting about like even our homecoming weekend opening is that we've we've had enough time to do, that'll be our fifth, right, on It'll November 2nd. Mm-hmm. And so it's been enough time consistently to really build a base where we're gonna have an entire kids section and kids market. We're gonna have the property ready. Yeah, um, cool. yeah we're gonna have our all of our 20 plus vendors or more, yeah. you know, and food and it'll just be, it's yeah. gonna be exciting. Yeah, it's it's really off market. Will be open all weekend. Yeah, we're and selling, forever. Selling after that. drinks, selling clothes. Yeah, we're doing all of it. <laughs> yep. Cool. cool. I absolutely can't wait to see it. You guys, thank yeah, you. Please come by. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for all of your incredible insight on topics that I'm like super interested. In. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank that was you. great. That was kind of a, a direction that we hadn't gone before. So, um, so I loved it, and. Do you have any last minute things, man? No, just uh, let us know where we can find you all, um, and keep in mind the new the new places we can find you all since it's going to air on the twenty second. Yeah, so, social media and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, well, we'll have Cur- at Cura on the Drag uh, is our Instagram and Cura on the Drag Facebook. Okay. Uh, the Ock Market is the Ock Market um, dot com, mm-hmm. and then Ock Mark um, underscore under- Market mm-hmm. for Instagram. Um, we have the evening markets if you want to sign up as a vendor or um, just to know what dates things are coming up. It's theeveningmarkets.com. And then Lachua Vintage, please follow me on uh, my Instagram. We do some really great things and we Beautiful. like to showcase what the face of the community looks like. So that's Lachua underscore vintage. And if you want some vintage gator gear that nobody else has in town, <laughs> she that's where you go find so it. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you were asking earlier, like, well, it's hard to buy you know, vintage stuff for other yeah. people. I'm like, if anybody wants to buy me a vintage <laughs> gator t-shirt, I wear size large. <laughs> you can send it to 633 Northwest 13th Street. <laughs> okay. so, there no, you go. But 
You're going to you get guys. like 30 of them. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, would Actually, be awesome. like the greatest gift, you know, so I appreciate the shirt because the greatest gift that I've been receiving like our t-shirts from everybody who's been on, <laughs> on the show. I mean, like the, the community, the business community has been... Uh, you know, creating my wardrobe. So I'm very, very, very appreciative. (laughs) So again, thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure. And um, Gainesville, we'll we'll see you later. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. (laughs) We'll see you later. (laughs) Bye.